Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. It's good to see you. As you may remember, if you're here last week, uh, we launched into a new book for the month. We're using Thich Nhat Hanh, the the Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh's book, called Work. And you might think, oh, we're going to talk about work this month. And yeah, the premise of the book is that we can experience joy, literally happiness and joy, every moment of every day. And that includes work. It includes those unpleasant moments that we have with friends and family now and then. It includes, uh, of course, vacations and fun times, things that we would normally associate with joy. But the thesis of the book is truly every moment of every day we can experience joy and happiness. Well, needless to say, last week, some of you were giving me the look, like, really? You haven't been to my job. (laughs) Some of you, some of you were, were right up in my face saying, you know, if you had my life there, there'd be some moments that wouldn't be some joyous, so joyous. And you know, I'm there with you because I experienced that same thing myself. And what I know is this path of spiritual evolution isn't easy and it doesn't happen uh, overnight. But I do know that so much of life is what we put into life. And in fact, that's where the material goes today. Uh, Thich Nhat Hanh has an interesting suggestion that I think will ring true for you. He suggests that the way we do one thing tends to be the way we do most things. And in particular, he says, we can start with something as simple as how we prepare ourselves for the day And that will set up the day. That literally, if we spend our our morning, um, you know, wound up tight and and kvetching in advance about how crazy the day is going to be and thinking about that first client who's going to be rotten or or arguing with our daughters as we're stuffing sandwiches and lunchboxes and things like that, that if that's how we have our morning, well, expect more of it. And so I titled my talk today, Breakfast of Champions, not to, not to sell Wheaties, <laughs> but, to, but with the idea that if we pay attention to how the very start of our day goes, oh my gosh, maybe we can actually affect that day. Maybe we have the power to bring more joy into our lives. Well, since we're talking about breakfast, naturally, I found a joke about breakfast, A man was walking past a restaurant when he noticed a sign in the window that said, unique breakfast. So he entered and sat down at the table. Well, the server brought him coffee and asked what he'd like to order. Well, I noticed that sign in your window. Now tell me exactly what is a unique breakfast. Broiled chicken tongue, she replied. Broiled chicken tongue? Do you have any idea how revolting that is? Never would I consider eating something that came out of a dirty chicken's mouth. The the server shrugged. Well, sir, what would you like then? Oh, I guess my usual scrambled eggs. thousand two okay i think you've all got it yeah thousand three yeah you know you're brighter than the first service just kidding just kidding for the for the first service there were some people that actually came up to me afterwards are you sure that was a joke why (laughs) all right so why that joke though well i want to suggest that most of us are on autopilot in the morning 
Most of us have no idea how we even spent the morning before we got here. And it isn't that we didn't get dressed. We're all dressed. It isn't that we didn't have something to eat. Most of us had something, even if it was a power bar or, you know, whatever. But my thought is, most of us just powered through it, just as though it was nothing. We got up. We, we let our clothes pick themselves out, Right? We, we let our shampoo shampoo us. We, we let us go through the activities of the morning, right? The, the scrambled eggs kind of scrambled themselves because I wasn't thinking about that. Isn't that the way most of our mornings go? We're in it, but are we really in it? Most of us, I think, spend the morning mentally preparing for the day ahead instead of actually having a morning. And by mentally preparing for the day, how often is it dreading that conference call or thinking about having to go on the phone and talk to some company about a bill that seems to have gotten waylaid? Or or how many of us worry about that client from yesterday? You remember the one, the last client that you hung up on close to five o'clock and you just thought, oh my God, I just want to kill myself. So, so truly, for a lot of you, how aware you are in the morning? I bet it's autopilot. Now, autopilot is a good thing. If you've ever been on a plane, thank heavens for autopilot. They have figured out literally how to use a compro- uh, computer to program one of the most complicated pieces of machinery on the entire planet. And they have programmed into an autopilot of a modern jet everything from the time- climate control and the temperature and the fans to the altitude and the speeds. And, and when the wind changes its velocity, the autopilot pilot compensates, when the air pressure, uh, uh, which comes in kind of zones when you're up at 20,000 feet, when those things change, the autopilot adjusts for it. And oh my gosh, any more modern jet travel? It's like, uh, if it weren't for the noise, you would think it was just standing still. Trouble is, our autopilots, not so good. Our autopilots, I don't know who programmed mine. I suspect it. It might have been my family when I was a kid. But but my autopilot has me worrying half the time, thinking ahead about the things that could go wrong or might go wrong or the, the things that are crazy in my life. My autopilot has me sometimes being regretful for what has already happened or, or uh, doing the instant replay. Do any of you do the instant replay where, where that usually unpleasant moment kind of pops into your head and you're thinking, oh, Lord, if only... If only. Well, I did something a little different with my autopilot today, and I want to share it with you. But I think before we get there, I want to talk about the freshness of the day itself. You know, each day is symbolized, I guess, by us waking up in it, is a chance at something entirely new. But how often do we look at it that way? How often do we think of today as new? Or do we think about it as, well, I had scrambled eggs yesterday, so I'll have the scrambled eggs today. How many of us don't think about it? We just plunge into it. And when we have no autopilot, guess what? The universe's autopilot kicks in. You are at the mercy of your friends and your family and your coworkers 
and the rules that exist at work and on the bus and you're at the mercy of the traffic. And if you don't have some kind of plan for the day, the day has a plan for you, doesn't it? Now, sometimes that's good. You know, sometimes people who are, are born into those miracle families where, you know, everything is sweet and lovely and your, your day is just a, kind of like a living little prayer in the morning where someone makes you those scrambled eggs and loves you up sweet. And then you go off to work and they open the door for you. And, uh, and uh, right? Yeah. Well, maybe one of you. Okay. May, yeah. I think that person back there that's smiling has that life. But for most of us, for most of us, the world's autopilot is its own deal. And it's not necessarily what we want. One of the things that Thich Nhat Hanh says is if you want to have a successful day, if you want to have a loving day, if you want to have a sweet day, if you want to have a powerful day, have an aspiration for it. When you get up in the morning, literally, as part of getting ready for the day, get your mind ready for today. What is it I want to experience today? Now, when I first read uh, through that chapter of the book, I thought, wait a minute. Is he talking about a to-do list, like I'm supposed to have my plan for the day? But the more I read, the more I realized, no. What he wants is our aspiration for how we're going to feel about it. What he's suggesting is... If the day, if you had your perfect day at work, how would you feel at the end of it? Would you feel successful? Would you feel, um, I don't know, would you feel that you handled all of your clients or your customers really well? Would you feel that you represented your company well? Would you feel satisfied with yourself and your ability to do what you do? Would it be a good day successfully, and how would that feel? He suggests that if we do this, we're apt to actually have that happen. Funny thing, we might set our mind out to feel a thing, to experience a thing, to have success, to have a great day, to bring clarity to our conference call, to, to do what it is we want to do, and by having that as an aspiration, as an intention, maybe, just maybe, the universe will comply, just like we swear that it does every Sunday here, why do we think that work is different? Why do we think that work will not conform to the same universal laws that we talk about on Sunday? Of course it will. When our intentions are pure, the universe does backflips. As Sharon said in her opening prayer, there are galaxies out there waiting to conform to your word if you take it, if you plan for it, if you accept it. The other thing that Thich Nhat Hanh says is beyond the idea of intentions, it's probably a good idea to actually collect them somewhere, maybe write them down, maybe have them as part of your morning spiritual practice. Now, now of course, you know, I'm a minister, and so I'm expected to do those crazy things like meditation and prayer in the morning, right? And, uh, and I do, you know, even before I come down for breakfast and coffee in the morning, I always set aside a half an hour to do some prayer work and some meditation. Now, I'm not asking all of you or even suggesting that all of you be, suddenly become ministers. But Thich Nhat Hanh says, even if all we did was take a page out of our journal and just wrote down our intentions for the day, our aspirations for having the most fabulous day, 
His suggestion is this is a powerful and wonderful spiritual practice. And I agree with him. When I think of it, that's what my meditation and my prayer work is doing. In my prayer work, I claim what I want to do for the day. In my meditation, I'm mindful of how I want to feel and what's coming ahead. It could be literally as simple as writing down a few sentences about what your day is going to be like, intending it to be that way. The other thing that Thich Nhat Hanh said is that uh, we really need to pay attention to what we're doing as we're doing it. And here's the other part of being on autopilot. When you're on autopilot, when you're thinking of the future or replaying the past, when you're, you're doing your thing, you're not really in your life. You've actually missed the breakfast. It's in your stomach before you've had a chance to enjoy it. You've missed the joy of actually picking out your clothes because you're already in them. You're on automatic pilot. The simple mundane things of life, because they're simple and because they're mundane, because you've done them every day, you don't even think about them. And yet, could it be that they're a source of joy? When I came in this morning, uh, it was kind of funny. I, I didn't quite even get up the stairs, and Shauna, our bookkeeper, said, oh, our printer's down. We're going to have trouble doing some checks today, and, you know, God help you tomorrow trying to do the program with the printer down. And I'm thinking, oh, well, there we go. And then I came downstairs, and, and Adam, our, our sound man, uh, back from vacation, he was fitting me with the cordless microphone. Yeah, I know. He was fitting me with the cordless microphone, and we discovered it was down. So no problem. We used our backup lapel mic. Yeah, I know. We used our backup lapel <laughs> mic. Well, that didn't work either. And I'm thinking, well, this is going to be an interesting day. And about then, we discovered that the stage lights were out, too. And I thought, oh, my gosh. And then I remembered for a minute. Because Thich Nhat Hanh has a very simple definition of joy. We do not define our joy by what has gone wrong. We define our joy by what is going right. And so during the first service, we have the extended meditation there, which I do love. And I was sitting right here, just looking up at the stage, and I thought, look at these roses. There's perfection in every blossom. Have you ever seen something as beautiful as that? And I was looking at our tapestry that we pretty much take for granted, right? It's been there every day for six years now since we moved in. And I thought, my gosh, it's like every visual aspect of God is inherent in that. And I began noticing as the first service unfolded through Marcy's singing and some of the other things, who cares about the printer? Who cares about the stage lights? I look pretty good, don't I? <laughs> and I'm coping all right. I don't really like being tethered, but it's okay. Life is good when you're in it. When you are actually in the moment, life is good. So Thich Nhat Hanh, in continuing in this chapter, talks about how you can be in the moment. And he starts out with some of the very first things that you might do, getting ready in terms of shaving and washing your hair and things like that. And so I, I did a test. Um, it, it's funny, and, uh, and my partner said, why are you wearing that little string around your finger to bed tonight? And I remembered uh, 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 last year, we did this series where we weren't going to do any complaining. And we had 
had wristbands. And every time we caught each other complaining, did, did you all do that too? Most of you were here, I suppose. So we're snapping our bands <laughs> and saying, all right, all right, I'm sorry. I complained again. Well, I thought I would use the same similar technique to be a reminder for my day this morning. So I went to bed with a string on my finger. And my promise to myself was every time I noticed the string, I would pay attention to me being present for what I was doing and find the joy in it. So I'm shaving and I'm thinking about how cunning and wonderful the people who designed those weird little blades are. Can you imagine? Some engineer somewhere figured out how to put these razor sharp little slivers of metal, like three or four of them together in a row, and it just effortlessly glides. Now I know you're thinking I'm crazy, and I suppose I am crazy, but in that moment, I'd like never shaved before, and it was sweet, and there was some joy in it. And then I came downstairs and and was stumbling around a little bit because I was still kind of sleepy, but, you know, I noticed the sunshine coming in the windows, and I, I guess it does every morning that it's sunny out, and I swear I'd never seen it quite like that before. It was stunning. It was lighting up some flowers that we had left over from our divine dining party on Friday night. And I tell you, it's as though they had miniature individual lights lighting up those flowers, just having the sunshine hit it. And what I realized was, essentially, I was kind of in heaven this morning. Was it any different than the morning before or the morning before? You see, it wasn't, but I was. I had brought myself into this morning. And what I recognized was, I'll be different for it. And I have been. This is a sweet day. I can't imagine how it's going to unfold in its totality. And I'm not going to try to project that. Because what I know is by setting the intention for me having a wonderful day today, wow, it's dynamite so far. Even brushing my teeth. I smiled at myself. (laughs) It's been a wonderful day because I was in it. Now, in the book, Thich Nhat Hanh does a very Eastern kind of thing. And I want to tell you about it, but I'm not actually going to necessarily recommend it. What he recommends from a Buddhist perspective is that we each have a little poem or almost like a little mantra that we do when we're brushing our teeth or choosing our clothes or getting ready in the morning. And the idea of it is a simple one and a powerful one. When it comes time to, let's say you're selecting your clothes, when it comes time to do that, you would recite the little mantra or the little poem, and that would center you in such a way that you'd be mindful again. I don't know about that. I'm not sure that that appeals to my kind of Western way of being, but the being fully present does. I know when I was picking out my clothes today, I was marveling at all the beautiful neckties. I didn't even pick one. But I thought, well, it's going to be hot. I don't need a necktie today. But uh, there was one that someone had given me from a, a Christmas a few years ago. There was another one that I, uh, I remember thinking was just striking that I had picked out. I got lost for a little moment in the neckties and just the joy of getting dressed. And I don't think we need a mantra to do that. 
I think we just need to remind ourselves to be present. Now, the little string I had on my finger might help. You might, for a little while, want to do something to remind yourself, whether it be a, a wristband, whether it be a, maybe your phone or your watch, you could set it to beep every few minutes, just once, just to remind yourself, what's going on? What am I doing right now? And am I in it? Am I going to have fun with it? Where can I find joy in this moment? You might need a little reminder to begin with, but it's not about the thing. It's not about really what we're doing. It's about us being present to do it. It's about us noticing the things that are going right. It's about us detecting the joy in the joy. Not noticing that the copier is broken, not noticing. You know, I talked to a young woman not too long ago, someone with two kids, and I asked her, uh, I'd been reading ahead in this book, I said, what are your mornings like? Oh my gosh, after about two minutes, I thought to myself, I don't want to be her. She was talking about having to get the kids up, and the one kid likes to pick out her clothes, but the other kid won't without a long discussion, and then putting the lunches together are kind of scary, because the one daughter really likes the McMuffin things that come from the fast food place on the way to the school, but the other one absolutely doesn't do that, and so she tries to pack things, and and she, like, one likes a certain kind of power bar as a snack that needs to be in the backpack and a certain compartment in the backpack. And another one likes, to, and, and you always have to check the one's homework. Oh, God. And I'm thinking, just kill me now. <laughs> it's like, I love this person, but I don't want her life. And I thought, how could I give her some advice? Is there really advice to be given? Are some of our lives hopeless? But what I realized again is it wasn't what she was doing. It was how she was doing it. It was whether she was present in the doing it or not. It's like, why do we have children to love? Packing the backpack and getting it in the right pocket is something that we could do as a joyous expression of love for one of our daughters. Deciding whether or not to stop at McDonald's for the Egg McMuffin. We could argue the merits of it as a nutritional supplement, I imagine. <laughs> Some of you cowered when I said that. But the intent of it, of giving our daughter a nutritious breakfast and, and being with her and showing her that she's loved, this is an amazing thing that you don't want to miss. It wasn't what she was doing it. It was the, the harried and kind of begrudging atmosphere at which it was taking place. There's joy to be found in picking out the right power bar. There's joy to be found in, in, uh, in helping a daughter to select uh, the perfect clothes for that day uh, or, or to lay them out for the daughter that preferred that. There's joy in all of these things if we look for it. Well, you can imagine I'm leading into some homework for you this week. I would like to suggest, if you're willing, that you do my string around the finger technique. Even if you only just do it for one morning. I mean, what I would love to do is say do it all week. But even if you just did it for one morning, put a string around your finger before you go to bed so you won't, you won't forget. You'll wake up with it. <laughs> it's on there. And that's your mindfulness string. And every time you see it, every time you notice it, every time you feel it on your finger, 
you ask yourself, what am I doing right now? Am I in it? Am I present in it? And how can I sense the joy that's already there? Why am I doing it? Why do I make breakfast? I make breakfast because I love myself. I love this body. Why do I brush my teeth? Because I'm a great looking guy and I want to keep those pearly whites. So I smile to myself in the mirror. Why do I wash my hair? You know, right on down the line. We do it out of love. We do it out of order. We do it out of kindness. We do it to, uh, well, you come up with the answers. It's going to be your test this week. But I will bet you, if you really look into it, every activity that you perform has a basis of joy, a basis of love, a basis of order that's right there to be seen, right from heaven, right right from the divine, and it's already there. So that's my homework for you for this week. I think you might actually enjoy it. My day is turning out fabulous, fabulous. And I'm going to close with a, a quote from Thich Nhat Hanh in a prayer. Here's how he ends this chapter. He says, if you arrive at work having practiced mindfulness while getting ready at home, as well as on your way to work, you will arrive in a very different way, a very different state than ever before. You'll be happier, you'll be more relaxed, you'll be ready. You may find you now think about your work and co-workers differently. You may find unexpected sources of satisfaction, even joy. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness. It is this thing that I call God, but it also goes by the name of joy. It is, it is just that expression of joy incarnate, that bubbly sense, that happiness sense, that sweetness of life itself. This too is God, and I own it on this day. In mindfulness, I have created my day with the aspiration of love and joy. <sighs> and as it is true for me, I know it is true for each person in this room, each person here has that capacity for starting their day the way they'd like their day to end. Each person here can have that aspiration of a day that's successful, a day that's loving, a day that's full of clarity, a day that is uh, filled with abundance of, of new clients, of new classes, of good grades, whatever, whatever it might be, the aspiration for joy exists. Also for each person here, I claim perhaps a willingness to simply be present for more of their life to disengage the autopilot, to fully step up to life. And I'm just grateful for this. I'm grateful for God showing up in this room as the many faces, the many hearts and hands of the divine. I'm grateful for life itself. I'm grateful for these intentions and these aspirations, grateful in knowing the joy is there. And so I release this prayer into the activity and action of the law. I release it to that God that always says yes, that God that always says, and more so, and so it is. Thank you for being here today. So glad you're here today. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. 
The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.